Hello, and welcome to the Alchemist Inkwell. This is your spiritual podcast for grounded people. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I have to remind myself, dude, it is Pisces it season. <laughs> it hasn't been that long since we recorded. Like, geez. Listen, this week has been so long for me. I'm coming off of a day of being awake for 36 hours straight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm Emily. Let me just grab onto some amethyst and tell you that my name is Krista. <laughs> I'm Krista Lynn. And we are so excited to be able to chat with you guys today as we enter uh, the second alchemist week of March. Since our weeks go from Thursday to Thursday, I've decided those are alchemist weeks from uh, Jupiter like day to that. Jupiter day. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. We I am entering a second alchemist week, second alchemist week of March. So on that note, anybody who is interested in the astrological overview of March, you will find that our March forecast is on the Alchemist Inkwell YouTube. So you can check it out there. It is 59 minutes long. I kept it under an hour by seconds, but that's because March is busy and it's not as, uh, it's not busy as in the chaotic cataclysmic way, especially on a personal mm-hmm. level. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, there's a lot of optimistic kind of energies going on in March, as well as the energies that are, that are at play sort of in front of us. But in our personal lives and in the cosmos, there are some optimistic things happening. So we also want to include how to, that's the purpose of this episode is how to find the optimism where you need it, how to find an anchor. So you're not getting swept up in fears, anxieties, uh, things that feel so out of your control and don't seem to make sense, things like that. We do have opportunities to do that this month. I talk about it a ton in the overview and we'll talk about it a little bit today so that you can find positivity without succumbing to toxic positivity. There is a difference, and we're going to really help to make that a clear-cut understanding in this episode. Mm -hmm. You know, she says that she can't even get words out. It's Pisces season. It's okay. Yeah. No, but really, that's a great way of saying it, is we wanted to, I'm just going to straight up say, the energy of collective is a lot right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, in many, many different ways. And uh, when this episode come out, comes out, I anticipate it's been even more of a lot uh, when I look ahead at the energy. So in that space, it can be hard to find ways to be positive, ways to be comfortable while still acknowledging what is happening in collective, what is going on in the world and not remaining blind to it. Um, which is why we thought it would be a good idea to address that in this episode of like ways to take care of your energy, remain positive, or at least remain optimistic and see how you can move forward in the world while still also similarly acknowledging everything that's going on, everything you're probably feeling from collective, everything that's happening in the collective. So you don't feel that like blindness that is toxic positivity. That's just like blanketing. Everything is going to be fine when things are not necessarily fine. Mm -hmm. Cause that is not healthy either. It is a form of spiritual bypassing. So we're definitely going to talk about that a lot during this episode. And also like the transits that are going on this next week kind of lend us to having that conversation anyway. So we're going to go through Mm -hmm. and address those in in a really concrete way for you all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really important to remember that, you know, I'll be honest, Emily and I asked each other recently, are we giving our positivity too much credit? Are we being too optimistic for the world that we're living in? And that's a fair question to ask yourself. Uh, and I've, I pursued it for several days on, on my own time. I don't know about you. I'm sure you have too, but what I've found is 
it's a world of both and. So I'm going to continuously look into the archetypes of the transits of the energies. I know you read the energies the same way, and I'm going to see that there is an opportunity for both in every space of energy and every container of energy, which a transit can represent. There is the infinite potential of just like fractal universes, right? There's Mm -hmm. a universe where this happens. There's a universe where that happens. Every moment has the infinite potential of any any potential outcome. Mm -hmm. And so the way it's going to turn up in some ways may not be what we would have hoped for or would have imagined. And then other times it's going to be greater than we could have dreamed. And we have to remember that we are in a time right now where this is the long story. We are in a, a a saga. No one's going to call this a trilogy. This is going to be the epic saga of something. We just initiated in the United States, at least a more than 200 year cycle. It began. So this is a long, a long-term story. We are setting out on an adventure for the entire world. We began another story in 2020 that is going to take us a couple hundred years in some contexts. Many cycles are completing right now. Many cycles are beginning right now. So there's a lot of shifting from one way to another in order to begin our journeys. So yeah, there's a lot of here's what I don't want to see in the world. Here's what I do want to see in the world. And where can I find the way to bring those two together or rectify them? Yeah. The biggest thing I want to say in that space too, is feel your fear. If you're afraid, if you're afraid, if there's anxieties coming up, you need to feel it. You need to acknowledge it because it is a real thing. And there's reasons for it, figuring out Mm -hmm. those reasons, doing it in a healthy way. If you need to go to therapy or whatever it is that helps you feel aligned with expressing and understanding that fear, that's fine. The biggest thing you want to be aware of, just like with toxic positivity, and this is the same, like Krista said, like we both went through this together this week, but also individually, you don't get to project that fear onto other people's realities in a way that would harm them either, both in a positivity sense or in a fear sense or in an anger sense. Um, It is yours and you're experiencing it for the reasons you're experiencing it. And that is the big thing I want to caution everybody against because it's really easy in times when things are, our cycles are ending and new cycles are starting and there's a lot of shifting and stuff going on to feel our fear and want to put it somewhere that's not ourselves feeling it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I highly encourage you all to just be really conscious of that. And same thing with your toxic positivity. If that's the way, if you want to cope through positive stuff, which we tend to do, if we see those infinite possibilities and we want to lean towards the ones that are most aligned, which tend to be the ones that are not necessarily inherently positive, but the ones that have a higher vibrational energy. Um, and that is your stuff too. That's amazing, but you don't get to enforce that reality on other people. And that is a huge distinction between positivity and toxic positivity mm-hmm. and healthy fear versus negative fear, essentially. Yeah. And also given that this is a bookend episode, this is actually a, a ping. I just got like shouting in my mind. Um, there's a book called the Kibalion that's K Y B A L I O N by the three initiates. And it, it offers up the, um, the perspective that all is mind, all is mind M I N D literally everything in your world comes from your mind. 
because your mind informs your actions, your actions inform the outcomes. And that is where everything comes from. And the Kabbalion is a great book that I recommend because it's also small, but it gives you these laws of the universe, uh, laws of momentum, laws of gender, as in divine feminine, divine masculine. And it really gives framework that when you understand them, it gives you something to be able to say, oh, that's this. This is the law of momentum, something swinging that way, which means inevitably it will swing back. And so it's, it's helped me a lot in the past few years since I've read it. And it's uh, seven ancient Egyptian laws, and it's just fascinating to read. And so if you're someone who is seeking meaning, seeking uh, understanding, I highly recommend it. Um, you can find it on Amazon. It's super easy to find, but that is, that is a story or a book actually that I would recommend reading. Yeah. And we will talk yeah. more about our bookends at the end, um, mm-hmm. for sure. So Krista, let's dive in. What's our first, uh, transit situation that we got so, going. Speaking of optimism and good luck, you guys on the 5th of March, we have a really exciting, um, transit which is the sun conjunct Jupiter in Pisces. Now, astrologers are stoked about this because Jupiter's in Pisces, first of all, but also one of the things a lot of astrologers was, were excited about was when Jupiter came into Pisces, I believe it was December 28th of mm-hmm. 2021, because we were looking forward to uh, a revisit of what we got when Jupiter first dipped into Pisces last May. I believe it was around May 18th and things started opening up and there was hope again and summer was coming and everybody was like, I can go out. Some mandates were loosened a little bit because we had that space between all the other things that gave us that little vacation from everything that was going on. And then Jupiter went retrograde and then all the rules came back and all the restrictions came back and we were just like, okay, we see the pattern here we want Jupiter back in Pisces. (laughs) And then it came back and so many other things are happening at the same time that those certain things have not really come to pass yet. I mean, I know just today the CDC has updated its uh, terms on things, but people are really looking forward to astrologers in particular are looking forward to this sun conjunct Jupiter in Pisces, because what this represents is it's a birthday is what it really is. It's the cycle renewing for Jupiter as the sun goes around and meets Jupiter again. So Jupiter is moving really quickly, you know, at top of his game and later this year, he'll retrograde and all that stuff. But right now we're completing a cycle. And so Jupiter, if you looked in the sky, you would not be able to see the star of Jupiter because it's so close, especially on the fifth, it's exactly in the heart of the sun. So they become one entity, this expansion with the vibrancy of life combined. And so it's definitely a, an aspect that people look at as something of good luck, of optimism. You can look at it for spiritual growth and alignment, for really bringing in that spirituality into the body, into the vitality. I'm very mm-hmm. excited about this, bringing dreams, that Piscean theme into reality where the sun brings that energy and shines it down. Cause remember the sun's light is the light that we are seeing reflected off of all of these planets and all of these bodies. So enlightenment is another thing to look for. If you are feeling these things that I'm about to list, then there is a way to flip the script towards the other thing. So I want to give you both sides of the coin and then empower you to be able to align with the energy and align yourself with the more 
positive feeling way to go about it. So this is another way that we're talking about finding positivity and not giving into um, toxic positivity or Mm -hmm. toxic anxiety. So if you feel enlightened, the other side of enlightenment is questioning. This is my definition of enlightenment. It's questioning through curiosity in order Mm -hmm. to understand and then coming to a knowing through experience. So the other side of that is questioning through suspicion and then coming to a lack of knowing and a lack of feeling supported, which leads to, um, again, more suspicion, more um, an inability to trust, which can also feel like conspiracy and, and feeling targeted and not knowing where you can go and what you can believe. So if you feel like there's so much information and none of it makes sense and everybody's saying something and I don't know who to trust because everything feels like lies, that does not feel grounded. That does not feel supported and it doesn't feel like knowing. So in this case, it's a great idea instead of saying, I'm suspicious of all this, say I'm curious about it. I'm curious about this because what curiosity does is it finds answers. Mm -hmm. Curiosity leads to research. Research leads to this feels right for me. This feels supported. This has a resource that I can trust because I've found the root of this knowledge of this information. And more often than not, this is another thing I learned from the Kabbalion. So it's no surprise to me that that came up for me. Um, it's pursuing something to a source because the source is going to be so simple compared to everything else. If you look at a tree and you see all the branches and the leaves, you can't know the root of the tree by all the branches and the leaves. But when you get to the root, you can then understand how the branches and the leaves got there. You can see Mm -hmm. where they came from. So rooting yourself in that is going to be great because remember feeling right and feeling affirmed, no matter what you believe you're correct in any situation, Mm -hmm. whatever you believe you are correct because what you believe informs your thoughts, informs your actions, informs your results. So make sure that as you are pursuing and finding the things to believe in that those things feel calm to you, they feel centered to you. They feel true, trustworthy, and reliable to you. They don't feel like anger or like mistrust, distrust. They don't feel like somebody needs to be the enemy. I was just going to say, and the big thing with that, when you're figuring out what beliefs to inform yourself with that, they are not harmful to others Mm -hmm. because that is never going to be a divinely supported process. Um, now we work on not... unconditional love over here. <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. So if your beliefs are harmful or potentially harmful for others, and that's what you're figuring out that you need to figure out why that would be the case and have that belief still be right. If not, like mm-hmm. that's something to get curious about. Um, and also if someone is informing you that your beliefs harm others, listen and be curious there so that you can change your mind. A big part of being energetically aligned as a person is reclaiming the ability to be able to change your mind when new information becomes available, when new beliefs enter your space, when you get curious enough and you find new answers, you are allowed to change your mind. You're Mm -hmm. allowed to figure it out and be like, oh my gosh, that old system was inherently harmful. I had no idea. So I'm going to move forward to this new one because now I have been more informed. You're allowed to do that. Oftentimes that's where people run into ego blocks too, because they're like, wait a second, uh, that feels scary. That feels dangerous because I built my house on this over here. And now you're telling me I have to move it. If that comes up, feel that out understand it, but that is not a requirement in order for you to move your house. Uh, you get to do that. That is a a privilege of being a conscious sentient being is that, um, yeah, 
space directly. It's also a wonderful time to put a lot of emphasis on taking care of your own energetic field. Like if your spiritual hygiene has been lacking, you're probably going to want to ramp that up right now, like in Mm -hmm. a very big way, even with the optimistic energy and stuff that's coming in and things that are changing over the course of March, which I can see energetically too. You're grounding yourself is going to be more important than ever right now. Mm -hmm. Like if you are feeling misplaced anxiety, if you're feeling fears come up, if you're feeling a ton of energy that you just even can't even really identify ground yourself um however whatever techniques work for you to do that is great i've shared a bunch of them on tiktok my favorite is to feet flat on the floor visualize some sort of plant matter growing over you and have you be part of the earth breathe with the earth those sorts of things as opposed to like roots reaching into the earth which feel kind of invasive sometimes Mm -hmm. that is a go-to or an extension cord from the center of the earth coming up and plugging into your feet again it takes out that invasive bit and creates kind of a bridge of cooperation between you and the planet that's a great one um walking around barefoot outside just base level like let's just ground our energy and connect um rocks different stones different metals that feel grounding to you can also be really helpful uh clear your energy often genuinely clear it a bunch because we're absorbing a lot of stuff from collective especially as collective stuff becomes more open and available to us genuinely over the opening up of things over this shifting like more stuff is going to come up in collective so be aware of clearing your energy, shielding if you need to shield, those types of things. And it's also important to understand where your faith is placed, Mm -hmm. because if you have confidence in where your faith is, then, and here's, here's a way to check. If you immediately feel at peace and like you have a higher perspective and it separates you from the, the zeroing in on something, then your faith is serving you. If you feel like you don't know where that goes, then you have more research to do. And it's really important to remember that maybe even to reprogram and choose a different word, being wrong is not bad. Being wrong means you're not finished with your research. Being wrong means you're not all the way through the process. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's important to say, like, perhaps you're not wrong. You may have been misinformed, whatever, but you're also adjusting, you're exploring, you're deciphering. So when something comes up and you realize that you didn't have the information that served you the best, you don't have to say, oh, I was wrong. I failed. I'm, I'm horrible, whatever, because that's hard to, to live with for a lot of people, which makes us reactionary in, in another way you can say, oh, I'm still exploring this. I'm still investigating this. I seem to have gotten to a place where I now know I can think in a different direction. And wow, think in a different direction. Yeah. That's fantastic. Because again, a lot of people don't like the idea of having to change their minds because it feels like that means that they were wrong in in the initial thing that they were thinking. So in this case, we're just going to think in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And remember to listen to all voices. Mm -hmm. Uh, Listen to all sides, especially marginalized voices on specific issues, like please um and different things that are coming up as you investigate and empower yourself mm-hmm. that is yeah. again where toxic positivity really just like is so bad and the spiritual community <laughs> gets a huge uh uh it, it's where a lot of toxic positivity comes from genuinely mm-hmm. is in the spiritual community and it drives both of us absolutely bonkers because there is it is minimizing voices that need to be heard it is bypassing problems it is completely bypassing like higher vibrational spiritual work and for some reason it's always a voice that speaks the loudest in a lot of spaces so then it 
changes perceptions negatively around Mm -hmm. what spirituality is around what being a psychic is around what astrology is you name it is these voices of like everything is sun and light and you will accept it if you don't accept it like that's not good like that's not ever what we're going for yeah yeah it's like you know the other day i was stuck in what i called the crash and burn saga of um trying to get home from across the country from a fantastic trip and every single thing that could have gone wrong it did. And so I was in this space of people kept saying, well, at least this, at least that I didn't want to hear that yet. I needed to honor my feelings of frustration because once I got past my feelings of frustration, I could communicate with others to find solutions without being a jerk, without being reactionary because I had processed my feelings. So I could approach the gate agent and say, Hey, I've been having a rough day or with, uh, I've mentioned, um, hours at the end of the day was the only rental car desk that had closed. So we had to go find a new rental car. And so I ran around the entire baggage claim area from desk to desk saying, I'm looking for the chosen one. Is it you? And that's how I started the conversation at 11 at night with a four hour drive ahead of us through an ice storm. I started the conversation saying, I'm looking for the chosen one. Is it you? And by the end of it, everyone that I had encountered and myself were laughing, be it out of delirium because we were tired or whatever, but it's a positive memory now. And Mm -hmm. it was a constructive way to use that energy and to say, I'm still in process of exploring this situation, but after this, I know it's going to get better. So for right now, here's where I'm at. Here's the, Mm -hmm. the optimism I choose to have because it's the best way for me to connect with everybody else. And then everything worked. I do want to say too, uh, now is also the time for taking aligned action. Like that was a very aligned action you could take in that moment. And I appreciate that so much. There is a lot of stuff in the world that feel out of our grasp right now. That is Mm -hmm. going wrong. That is going like not wrong, but just going very negative. That is horrible for, you know, different groups of people, you name it, but there is stuff that we can do Mm -hmm. and aligned action after you process your feelings is super important, whether that is boycotting all of Texas beef, whether that is (laughs) (laughs) doing whatever you can that would feel aligned, that feels like it can make even a little bit of a difference, or it just helps you to know that you're doing something towards the energetic output that you're wanting, by all means, that is a perfect place to move forward. Um, And just like that, if it's aligned action, like the best way you've processed your frustration and the best thing you can do is like make finding a rental car a quest, do that. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the energy of March has a lot to do with not getting caught up in the tempest of confusion Mm -hmm. that can come along with Pisces and all of the activity that's happening there and finding out what actions you can take within your sphere of influence, which is my new favorite phrase for the month. I think, what is your sphere of influence? What can you reach from where you are at? And that small action is going to have a repercussion in a bigger sphere. You may get to see that, or you may not. Again, choosing what you invest your your money and your resources in has a larger scale effect. But in your sphere of influence, you can choose to buy from here, choose not to buy from there. It's that simple and tangible. So Mm -hmm. this month, if you find that the world is just so big and so confusing, and we can't understand this and that, and why is this happening? You start getting into that despair, which is one of the sides of Pisces. The other side of Pisces is spiritual enlightenment, is meditation. It's the sign that rules the house of self undoing. So if you think of self undoing, 
that is vices. It's things that undo you, or it is consciously unmaking so that you can remake. And we have a lot of interactions with outer planets in this month as well. So there is a lot going on that is just by design, by cosmic design, the big picture, the collective scheme. And that's going to very likely make some people feel like they and their actions do not matter. That's not true. You are an individuation as a part of this collective scheme. You have a function. Mm -hmm. And so your function is your sphere of influence. That is the most important thing in the world you can do because you are the most important person in the world for being able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we touched on the fifth and that sort of situation. That is <laughs> so that's inspiring. Jupiter Kazemi. <laughs> I know. I was just like, I hope we're not sounding too preachy because I don't want to sound too preachy to everybody because that's like the lack, but that's like the last thing I want to do ever. But I just hope that we're like giving you tangible stuff that mm-hmm. you can do that could like feels like you have a little bit more of like control and emphasis in your own life because you do like your perspective is everything and our minds are infinitely powerful that we just limit forward arbitrary reasons we decided on ourselves so you have all of that power at your disposal and it's important this month i think to really remind yourself how much you're divinely supported how much you matter and how fucking magical you are because you really truly are in a very very big way Mm -hmm. Uh, and that i think the fifth really helps to highlight too i would set up something to do on that day to like help yourself feel more magical and more expansive because as the world reacts to it you get to react to it too so that's kind Mm -hmm. of something fun to look forward to i would say yeah i'm gonna be trying to make some uh jupiter kazemi talismans and if i manage for no reason i was just like are we doing kazimi cookies kazimi cookies i I mean i could make cookies that would be talismans and just bless them at that time and then that would be interesting magical cooking um no but i'm gonna try to make some talismans if i can if i can swing getting the right uh resources and materials in time i definitely want to try because this is something that we'd have to wait a very long time to have this energy again. So also remember, this is like a, a an astrological holiday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having the sun, Kazemi, Jupiter in Pisces, in Pisces. It's so nice. It's going to be a long time before we get Jupiter back in Pisces. Um, and that's not to say that everything in between is bad. I do not want to people to spiral off on that. It's Jupiter in Pisces is great. <laughs> yeah. Jupiter just rules Pisces. So we like it there. It's also exalted in cancer. It'll be showing up there before you know it. So no troubles, no problems, nothing to stress over, but I will be excited if I can uh, whip up some talismans to go along with this energy. And if they feel appropriate, I might be able to offer some on my website too, for other people. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be super awesome. So what's yeah. our next transit this week? Because that is well, only the first. <laughs> yeah, there are three. So we're we're a third of the way there. Go us. Yay. Uh, the next one is on the very next day. And it's funny, Jupiter is the grand malefic, right? The king mm-hmm. of the zodiac. Saturn is, sorry, Jupiter's grand benefic. Saturn is the grand malefic. So they are mm-hmm. the balance, right? And in December of 2021, they conjoined. They actually met up at the first degree of Aquarius, or it might've been, I think it was one degree Aquarius. I'd have to double check. Uh Uh, But right as they came into Aquarius anyway, it was either zero degrees or one. And so they began a grand conjunction, which begins about a 20 year cycle. But before they do it again um, in Aquarius, it'll be like a 400 or 200 year cycle, I think. And there's I've gotten my numbers mixed up, but it's a big cycle. It was a big deal. And so on the sixth, we have Mars and Venus coming into Aquarius conjunct. So this is the lesser benefic 
Venus and the lesser malefic Mars. And what that feels like is if you have the grand versions of these Jupiter and Saturn, they are slower, bigger. They're operating on a social scale. That's why they, they have this 20 year cycle and it usually initiates something in culture that shifts. Mm-hmm. I think we can say that happened. Um, <laughs> right? (laughs) But Mars and Venus are personal planets. They're smaller, they're faster, they're closer to us. And so this is a microcosm grand conjunction. I don't know, what would you call that? Like a a great conjunction as compared to a grand conjunction. I'm not sure. We'll come up with a great term for it. So it's like a micro grand conjunction or a mini conjunction. And so it harkens back to that that process that was socially initiated by the great conjunction in December of 2020. And now it becomes personal. Now we are aware of our place in this Mm -hmm. new social movement. And again, it becomes about your sphere of influence. This is a personal grand conjunction, which begins your awareness and your investment in these Aquarian themes of equity, humanitarian causes, helping each other out, knowing that we are all part of a collective community and knowing that our role in that community is important. It's a big theme this week, you guys, like it just keeps repeating itself. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's really important uh, to keep in mind. I'm excited for the baby conjunction. The baby conjunction. The baby conjunction. Conjunction junior. Conjunction (laughs) junior. I like that one. Um, Yeah, it feels really cool. And it's very interesting. Uh, Mars and Venus have been doing some stuff together for a while. And I think this is kind of almost like a pinnacle moment for that a little bit. So yeah, this is the, this is the point where um, Venus is going to start pulling ahead of Mars. And uh-huh. that, that speed dynamic will reestablish itself. It's also the point, thank you for reminding me, where Venus is finally out of the shadow phase from her retrograde. So she went into retrograde, I believe it was December 19th uh-huh. and was there until January 29th. And a uh-huh. lot of our relationships felt that. And Mars has been ahead of her because she's been trying to pick up speed again since then. And Mars Mm -hmm. is exalted in Capricorn. So it's been a very Mars game with Venus Mm -hmm. there (laughs) doing her thing. But if you think of Mars and Venus as Aries and Aphrodite, it really is a war and peace dichotomy with Mm -hmm. war ahead of peace and peace behind there saying, really? So at this point, Venus will pull ahead. Venus will catch her stride, get out of that shadow period. And now we have this, this, um, usual order slightly more reestablished. And both of them come out of that Capricorn sign where Mars no longer has that exalted upper hand. They're both Mm -hmm. still Saturn ruled, but now it's Saturn Aquarius ruled Mm -hmm. instead of Saturn Capricorn. So Capricorn is very earthy. It's about boundaries. It's about, um, the, the foundation of things that tell you what you can and you cannot do. Now we come into Aquarius and that's where I get the keyword for the humanitarian, the equity. It's very much, uh, Aquarius is considered the humanitarian of the Zodiac in a lot of ways. It's very intellectual. It's an air sign. It's technological. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, about communicating, on a grand social scale. I I like to put social media in sort of an Aquarius vibe because it really fits. It's about the greater community, the collective and Mm -hmm. how you as a unique person stand out because Aquarius is also a very unique place. Saturn, right? Stands Mm -hmm. out as an Aquarian kind of vibe. 
So this is going to be very interesting to see how the energies do shift to go along with this, because there is so much of an, an order shift, a sign shift, a dignity shift, lots of things just within this moment go, oh, we're different now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I have my own predictions that I'm keeping track of, but it'll be interesting to see what comes up on a personal level, on a social level, yeah. and just what we see in the world on that day. That's one of the days this month that I will be watching the headlines. I would also say it's a great, both those days, the fifth and the sixth, mm-hmm. it's a great time to like reassess your manifestations a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's a lot of like, what do I want now? Energy yeah. a little bit because the world has changed its scope yet again. Yeah. If you want the same things, amazing, reaffirm them. If there's stuff that you're like, wait a second, I just discovered this new thing that I'd like to move my energy towards. I didn't realize that was a thing before two months ago. And now it's a big deal. And I want to then do that. It's just mm-hmm. one of those spaces to kind of like, where are my ducks again? I would like them back in a row. Let me yeah. go catch them all. So taking well, that second would be a good call. And this, this moment in Pisces, it's also a really great time to just practice detachment. My ducks aren't in a row and I'm okay with that. I don't need to force them into a row just yet. I'm going to see where my ducks are going and then I will align with that. Recall what you were doing for the new moon in Pisces. That was on March 2nd. And if you want more information on that, I do really dive in deep to it on that March, uh, astrology forecast on the YouTube channel. Um, Uh But think about all the things that came up around that time, because those are the things that were concept and are now taking form in this period with these transits going on over the rest of the month. Mm -hmm. Which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So that is our two. What is our third? What rounds us out? Uh, We are rounded out actually by Mercury joining the Pisces party. And this is interesting because... This is interesting because like my brain just like, uh, this is, I don't know why, but you know, like a child's birthday party theme. Yeah. It's just fish. Like it's fish. It's just, it's just fish all the way down. Covered yep. in fish. It's yep. Like, it really is. Different, like one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish energy. Yeah. Like that's what I got an image of. So yeah. Well, and Mercury is of the mind. So that's a, an interesting thing. When you talk about dignity, Mars coming out of its exaltation, Mercury is exalted and domicile. So it, it, it's not only at home, but Mm -hmm. it's very good at home in Virgo directly opposite of Virgo is Pisces, which places Mars in fall. Mm -hmm. So sorry, not Mars, Mercury, as it goes into Pisces is in fall. Because if you think about Mercury, it's speedy, it's intellectual. It's like Mm -hmm. travel, let's do stuff. Pisces is the Snorlax of the Zodiac. (laughs) you know, like, but think about Snorlax as a psychic type Pokemon, right? So it's the leisurely, let's not go too quickly. Let's cool down. And, and it's, it's the ocean of the Mm -hmm. unconscious, the sea of subconscious and Mercury is like the quick thinker, the, the speedy guy, and then falls into the gelatinous sea of subconscious. It's like Sonic, the hedgehog trying to run through a swamp. Mm -hmm. If you think about it that way. So this is a great time for deep thinking and spiritual connections, finding mental stillness and peace. And if you find that you feel a little bit um, like paranoid and antsy, that may be because you're uncomfortable in in silence and in stillness. So this is a great opportunity to be aware of silence and stillness, to work on any limiting beliefs that say that those are bad. Um, that taking your time is bad, that, uh, that honoring your process is bad. Those are all good things. 
So you can reprogram that for yourself. And remember that finding comfort in stillness, in silence, that is healing. So this is a great time for mental health checks as well. And uh, again, remember, whatever you believe, you are correct. So if you choose to find reasons to believe, because I believe in supported beliefs, (laughs) um, if you find reasons to believe that stillness is okay, give yourself the opportunity to find those reasons, explore options on how to make that okay, see how they feel, Um, then you will create a new world for yourself because this is a very fluid time. Which is manifestation mindset. Like that is it. That is the thing. That is manifestation mindset in its core is I believe it. And therefore it's mine. I already know it's mine and it's coming to me. Like that is, and that's true. So if you've ever manifested anything, you've done it. Yep. Yeah. The, the overview this month is very, uh, I think my, my most frequently used word was transcendent in the video because this is about the moment between creation. It's about that, that moment where the atoms change and all of those things change around to become something else. And that mysterious space where that happens. And that's what a lot of the energy of this month really pulls us into. Which is really exciting. I do also think it's a really great time this month, both in a like escapism kind of way, but also in a like aligned uh, choice manner if you're going to be watching things or reading things things this Mm -hmm. month read or watch things that make you feel magical make you feel like you can escape and move make you feel like get find worlds that you get immersed in and immerse yourself in them it's going to be healing it's going to be aligned it's going to be high vibration in a way that's not going to require you to take on a bunch of dense shadow work those sorts of things this is a great month for that yeah Yeah. Especially with the whole Pisces energy thing going on. That's a fantastic uh, point. Just knowing that you are the steward of your mindset and of your mental health and consciously choosing the things that you feed your brain. It's very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Another great book is if you haven't read it, the four agreements talks very similarly, like Mm -hmm. the Kabbalion does. So that's another one. If you're wanting some like readjustment in the way that you're processing the world, highly recommend that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of books, uh, those are our transits. So do we want to talk about what we've been reading? Yeah. So we did the bookend episode. If you guys haven't listened to us for very long, or if you're new here at the end of each month, we talk about all the things that we've read and whether or not they're high vibration and kind of go into them a little bit. Um, So let's talk about it. It was not a big reading month for me, much to my own chagrin. Um, I was very frustrated by this month, but it just didn't work out, which is fine. But what were you reading? Cause I know you had a bigger reading. <laughs> yeah. For once I actually read more than one book this month. Um, so I found myself auspiciously wanting to read relationships that were evolved. And mm-hmm. I choose the word evolved because healthy relationship or, um, like mature relationship, mature in the literary world can get taken out of context so fast. I wasn't looking for mature. I was looking for evolved. I was looking for people who are whole and complete, finding compatible people who are whole and complete and treating each other well, even in cases of adversity. And so what I ended up reading was um, some more TJ Klune. So I read Under the Whispering Door, which I really liked. Um, it was so good. It was so good. I, I, didn't want to, like, I it didn't stop me from enjoying it. I did think that Hugo, the character was got a little bit too much of the like perfect shiny person 
um, archetype going on. I think that there could have been, yeah, it could have been a little bit more well-rounded as a character. Still enjoyed the story very, very much. Loved how everything tied in, loved the themes. And then I followed it up because I still wasn't quite ready to leave that that world. I ended up reading uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue and was not disappointed. The only thing that I found myself thinking about red white and royal blue was that it had as many endings as the hobbit or as the lord of the rings (laughs) it really and it had plenty of things to tie up it left nothing undone which Uh is absolutely great but it just felt like the scenes kept cutting to a new ending and a new ending and a new ending and i was waiting to see you know frodo waking up to gandalf there and everybody running into to, to, you know, be excited over his survival as well. But I thought the book overall was great. And I certainly don't mind that all the ends were tied. Yeah. Cause that's, that's doing your duty as an author to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it was like, I probably would have done that in less scenes, but that's a super nitpicky criticism for an overall fantastic book. I did end up giving it five stars. Yeah. Red, white, and royal blue is amazing. If you would like to enter into an alternative reality for a minute, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a contemporary, <laughs> it's a contemporary book. Um, I love it so deeply. I like Casey McQuinston, the author. I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so glad you read it, but if you would like to enter into an alternative reality where things work out differently than they did the last, um, six years do that it's really nice (laughs) yeah and it's so funny because I find myself hesitant with my book choices right now because it's like am I going to step backwards into unevolved relationships and can I even handle those anymore you know so it's like did these relationships ruin other typical books for me (laughs) and I'm gonna find out uh I may foray back into it with some um uh what's his name Brandon Sanderson do it just ease myself so back towards the typical YA world with some Brandon Sanderson. I think Which I'm going one? for war, Warbreaker. Nice. I really yeah. want to do Skyward. So that's going to be my next Brandon yeah, Sanderson. Yeah, I have to look at that I one think. too. Uh, it's his only YA. Mm. And I'm interested in it. Yeah, but, see how he does it. Maybe I'll yeah. do that one next. Yeah. Right. I'm intrigued. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you had a great reading month. Those books are phenomenal. I'm yeah. so happy I'm, for you because they're so high vibe too. On the nonfiction front, I am still finishing Demetra George's um, Mysteries of the Dark Moon simply mm-hmm. because there is such a wealth of wisdom and in, in information in that book. I am taking my time because I actually do get to study with her in a few months on the subjects of this book. So I want to make sure I know what I'm learning so I'm going to learn it now so that I can just be in awe in person <laughs> instead of trying yeah. to learn it in that moment too absolutely um so on the nonfiction front I am still immersed in the world of ancient Rome um for my book research I did get more writing done this month than I did get reading so mm-hmm. you know it's an exchange but I'm still reading a day in the life of ancient Rome by Alberto Angela um it's phenomenal it was written in the 80s so there's some like issues but it's a phenomenal <laughs> it's a phenomenal book uh phenomenal. Like, phenomenal i feel like I that's really the right it. word i do too <laughs> i'm gonna keep it it's a great word no one can correct me um it's a phenomenal book <laughs> sorry it's too good 
like uh, it. If you really want to feel like you're actually walking in ancient shoes um, and you want to learn about the legitimate fantasy world that is ancient Rome, I don't understand how it existed. I also don't know how we weren't taught more about it, to be totally mm-hmm. honest. It is a fantasy world that was on planet and it is mind-blowing. I have channeled and like astral projected to Atlantis and it feels mm-hmm. on par with that. So let's right? just say I was way. just thinking the same thing because yeah. I you said that and I was just like, does. oh, Atlantis. Yeah, I'll have to look at my yeah. Andara crystal over here and because yeah, i've been like in rome before and i agree yeah well in rome now doesn't feel it's, the same at all it's very earthy it's very different um reading about it and channeling and doing some work there to, to get bring this world forward into book form is an entirely different game it literally feels like just as it's magical as atlantis felt which is just mm-hmm. it's a trip it's a trip so i've been reading more about that that is going slower because i annotate every other fucking word and <laughs> just i've the seen things. the books guys she's got notes yeah. everywhere this story that she's writing is going to be incredible really Thank well you. informed yeah krista did see the book she flipped through it was like oh there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of notes like yes there it is well and, and my then- brain is like you wrote in the book but that's your style and i thought it was i i am so impressed by all the notes you had Thank awesome. you. I appreciate that. I don't write in my fiction books, but I do write in my nonfiction books. I need my notes yeah. in the same place as the source material is the problem. Yep. If I, I highlight my fictions. I hate it. Um, yeah. So I'm still working through that book. It's a phenomenal one though. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Um, phenomenal. And then I am finishing up Legendborn, um, which is absolutely awesome. There's, I want the second book now. It doesn't come out till November and I'm so upset about that. <laughs> but um, I am very selective about YA anything. Um, and this is a YA that I like. So if that says anything, I can't handle a lot of YA. It handles two immature themes for me and it makes me feel twitchy. And it's also just, you know, it's for young adults. And mm-hmm. um, I never got into YA. Even in middle school, I was reading adult books. So let's yeah. just put it that way. I've always been in that space. So YA books are very hard for me. New adult I can do, adult I can do. But this was a YA that was highly recommended because I'm obsessed with Arthurian literature. Mm-hmm. I always have been. It is a special interest of mine. Um, and this is a new age Arthur retelling. And it's really good. It also deals with a lot of real world issues. Um, it follows a black woman who lives in the South in navigating that um, in modern day. It is a contemporary. It's really good. <laughs> I really can't recommend it enough. It is so inclusive and it speaks so much of this, not inclusive in all the ways it points out serious problems with racism, bigotry, et cetera, but it's told from the perspective of our current reality. It's really mm-hmm. neat. It's really, really neat. And um, it's very high vibration and I really like it. So I highly recommend that one as well. It's really good. I can't wait to see where it goes. I hope it doesn't follow the second book syndrome because I hate second book syndrome and it makes me super sad. Yeah. So I, it's going to continue being awesome. I've decided. So yes, <laughs> you're, but you're it's really in- good. intending it now and manifesting it to be fantastic. Right. Yeah. There's so many books that fall to second book syndrome. And Mm -hmm. specifically this year, it was like a theme for me. Like I read, um, uh, what's the one by show serpent and dove, which was Mm. a great first book. The second book, it was garbage. I read, um, children of blood and bone Mm -hmm. by Tom, Tommy Adeyemi. Um, first book was amazing. The second book, (laughs) Uh, I read the Furyborn series. The first book was amazing. The second book pulled in every low vibration trope that I despise into Aww. one book. And I literally wanted to like throw my phone while listening to it. So it's even all the memory loss. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> it had it had time travel that destroys all the character development. No. It had a love triangle for unnecessary reasons. Oh. It had it had uh, amnesia, which I despise. In case anyone's wondering, amnesia tropes make me very angry. I mean, it had all of the things in one book that just like sh- shat on everything. That's so. a lot. It was, it made me so upset. The first book was fantastic though. Just ended at the first one. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been an okay reading month for me. I just didn't get as much done as I wanted to. It's been mm. a lot of transition in my personal life this month and that didn't aid to a lot of reading, which is fine. I don't mind. But yeah. we are about to come into March. Well, we are, as we're sitting here recording this, you are already in March as you're listening to it, but, uh, it's, yeah. we are initiating March. We're rolling in and it's yeah. going to be interesting to see where the world goes. There's a lot coming up. The year yeah. is, a, is about to uh, start really showing us some magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, it's definitely been a month of discovery of stuff too, I would say in a lot of ways. So I'm looking forward to March. March is like the astrological last month of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So it has a lot of themes of like closing and ending cycles, starting to look to the year ahead. So if it feels almost like New Year's resolution-y, yes, mm-hmm. I do my card pull for the year at the beginning of April. So it's always my like last Same. card in March and that's very fun. So we are excited to be here with you. Um, if you have any book recommendations for worlds you can get complete, completely immersed in and would really like to travel to, I would love to know what those yeah. are because I'm looking for that right now. Mm-hmm. And I keep getting nearby, but I haven't yeah. felt it in a while. Or books with evolved relationships. Mm-hmm. Really love that. So if you have recommendations, let us know in the comments of this video or email us at um, ForgottenStorytellers at gmail. And, uh, do remember that if you are listening to this on a podcast platform, we do have the video version on Mm -hmm. YouTube at the Alchemist Inkwell YouTube, which is also where you can find our March overview, which is live. Absolutely. We appreciate you all. Thank you so much for tuning in and we can't wait to see how the world changes with everyone. So go go make make some some magic. magic.